Lord, we thank you that you are the God of peace and that you ask us to cast our cares on you and you are faithful, God. We call on you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Olivia. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you've never heard me speak before, I promise you I have experience with speaking um, in a room where there's actually people. And if you have heard me speak before, I don't think a song is coming today. I sang last time. I don't think that's going to happen. But who knows what the Holy Spirit has in store. Okay? Well, on a more serious note, all serious. Um, there are many challenges right now that we are facing in our nation, our community, and within our church, our community here in, in North Spokane and Washington. And there's so much uncertainty and stress that is surrounding all of these issues. And even though there's a lot of uncertainty, I am certain that God is in control. He is with us. He is faithful, and he has a plan, and he is asking us to press into him and lean into him during this time. And even though we can't meet as a large gathering here at the church, we are still going to be the church. So I know there are many people uh, gathering up, meeting in different homes today, uh, life groups or our house churches that we have set up, and I think that's amazing because community is still happening and discipleship is still happening. And that is so valuable because this can be a time that is so isolating. So I, I'm so excited that we are still gathering. And if you are alone right now, please know that we do have these house churches available for anyone to be a part of. So it's just information on our website. And be sure to stay connected on our Facebook and on our website as well with all the updates as things are rapidly changing in our nation and our city and our church is responding to that. I'm very excited though that today we are starting a brand new sermon series and it's called Secrets. Isn't that just make you like say, ooh, what's the secret about? It's the secrets of the kingdom of God. The series we want you to grasp what is the kingdom of God? Why is it important? And where do we fit in within it? I think when we can think of places in the world, you can hear a nickname of a place and then you automatically know what someone's talking about. If someone says the Big Apple, we know they're talking about New York. Or if somebody says Sin City, uh, we know they're talking about Las Vegas. Or if someone says the happiest place on earth, they're talking about the dentist, right? No, just kidding. They're talking about Disneyland, but I don't know if it's the happiest place right now because it's closed, which is really sad. Disneyland never closes. But I wonder, when we hear the phrase kingdom of God, what do we think of? Do we think of a place? Do we think of heaven? Do we think of Israel or the Bible? Like what comes to mind when we hear kingdom of God? Because it's all throughout the New Testament. So I want to share with you today that the kingdom of God can be found both in heaven and earth. And this is the central message that Jesus shares. He spends a lot of time doing parables and teachings so that people can understand the kingdom of God. What is it like? Why is it important? And how do you find yourself within it? 
And also the Lord's prayer, that's why he adds, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, God, as it is in heaven. And Jesus also says in John 18 that his kingdom is not of this world because the kingdom of God is anywhere where God reigns and rules as king. And we know that in heaven, God's will is always done there because that's his domain. That's where his presence fills the whole place. That's where he is worshiped and adored. And God wants the reality of heaven to be the reality on this earth. And that's when we're praying that, we're asking for God to your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when God is king, there is an abundance of love and joy and peace, unity, reconciliation, and justice and grace. So that is what happens when the kingdom of God reigns. And I believe the church is a snapshot of that for the world. Can you imagine, wouldn't it be amazing to live on a planet where there is no pain, no suffering, no sin, no backstabbing, no depression, no anxiety, no viruses, no diseases. It's just God's presence reigning and ruling because when God's kingdom reigns, there is wholeness. Everybody is made whole. Everything is made whole. And we experience God's peace, his shalom. And I know sometimes we don't want to make God king of our life. I don't think anyone would really say that. Like, I don't want God to be king of my life. But we, we, we live that. We think that. We bow down to other things. We bow down to wealth. We bow down to security. We bow down to sports and um, our boyfriends or girlfriends or just other things that take priority in our lives. The same thing happened in the Old Testament when God literally told Israel... I want to be your king. And they were like, nah, God, we don't want you to be our king. We'd rather have that guy over there be our king. And his name was Saul. And he brought Israel to places that were further and further from God. And then the other kings did that as well and led, uh, led towards destruction. That's what happened when they didn't want God to be king in their lives. And that's what happens with us. I think we naturally bow down to other things and we would rather honestly be the kings and queens of our own lives we'd rather pray my kingdom come my will be done on earth as it is wherever in my house or in my mind i don't know we want our will to be done and our kingdoms to come but god wants you to know that he is the only one worth bowing down to and that when he reigns his kingdom reigns. And that is incredible. And the topic of the kingdom of God is so special to me because it was the first Bible class I took at Whitworth. It was literally called Jesus in the Kingdom of God, led by Professor Beebe. And Every Whitworth student has to take one Bible class. And at that time, I was a business major. So I signed up my first semester there. I was like, I'm going to get it out of the way. I sat in the back with my arms crossed, you know, just being like, oh, wh when will this semester be over? I was already, already decided I was bored. But then throughout the semester, my arms weren't crossed anymore. I became more and more engaged in the material and understanding the kingdom of God, the message of Jesus, the gospel, and why it's important and how I fit into it. I began to feel awe and wonder and hunger and excitement, and it 
this class, among other things, is what launched me into wanting to be in ministry, um, switching from business to ministry and just being like, I just want to share the gospel. This is what I'm called to do. So I hope that when we are in this series of the kingdom of God week after week, that you can feel something similar in awe and wonder of, wow, the kingdom of God is a big deal. And this is how I fit within it. And the big idea for this morning is that God invites us to join him in bringing his kingdom. So bringing heaven to earth. He needs our help. He wants our help. And I'm sure you're thinking like, how on earth, um, get it on earth, how on earth is this going to happen? Why would God want us to help? How would we help, especially in a time of chaos and brokenness? How do we do that? Let me paint the picture for you. So in the beginning, in Genesis, God created the world. He created the universe, and it was good. And then sin entered the world because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And when sin came, its friends came along with it. That's disease, injustice, brokenness, and that plagued our world and is still in our world today. So God's solution to this was to save a people for himself, Israel, to bring his kingdom on earth. And they had a hard time. They tried and failed. And that's a lot of the Old Testament, them trying to be faithful to God and falling short. So God saw that in order to save humanity, he needed to enter humanity. And he did in the person of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And then when Jesus came on the scene, ooh, he started saying stuff and doing stuff. That is like the summary of the New Testament. Jesus was around saying cool stuff, doing cool stuff. So basically what he would do is say, I'm here. So the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God has come upon you, has come near you because of my presence. And he would say, as we saw in John, that my kingdom is not of this world. It's unlike anything you have experienced before. So when Jesus declared the kingdom of God, he began to act as though God as king was the reality. He began to preach and baptize and heal people, cast out demons and forgive sins. And every time he would do that, he would say, boom, the kingdom of God has come near. He would mic drop. There were mics. That's what he would do. And this confused the Jews. They were so confused being like, well, when we thought of the kingdom of God coming, we didn't imagine a carpenter. And like, we know you, you're from that neighborhood, Galilee. Like, how is the kingdom of God here because of you? They, some of them began to understand as you just continue to teach and show, show who he is. And others weren't quite convinced. But it took time for them to come around understanding the truth and then seeing that the life of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection was showing he is God. God is doing something new. Heaven is breaking into earth. And now we have the Holy Spirit with us to continue the work that Jesus started, to continue to usher in the kingdom, to pray for people and see them get healed, to cast out demons, to preach the gospel. That is the great commission, my friends, and we are all invited to be a part of this. And that's why we worship Jesus, because of this, because he's bringing the kingdom of God here. That's why we as a church have a mission to serve God, because we believe the kingdom of God God is in our midst. The kingdom is among us. So what do we do now, though, in the midst of this darkness? 
It's very clear that the kingdom of God isn't completely here uh, yet. It's making its way to earth through us, and we still experience hardship, and we still struggle with sin, and we still live in this broken world. And let me tell you, watching how the world has responded to the corona outbreak has launched our world and our nation into hysteria and fear and just forgetting that we have a God that is in control, a God that is faithful, a God that is strong, and he is all-knowing and all-powerful, and he knew this was going to happen, and he is our provider, and he is, going, he is with us. And I, I need to remind myself of that every single day. And you do as well to preach that to yourself. God is in control. Even when I'm looking at all, all the news, I'm just like continuing to say to myself, yep, God is in control. God's in control. Oh, what about that one? Yep, God's in control of that one. For sure. Everything. God is in control. Let's say that to ourselves. Let's say that to others. Because I've been in countless conversations where people are so freaked out. And I'm like, God is with us. Okay? Let's be strong. Let's stand firm in Christ through this. And Matthew 6, 33 uh, has great, great wisdom for us. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added on to you. All these things, these kingdom things, peace, joy, security in Christ, and hope. I feel so secure in Christ every morning when I get in his presence. No matter what is going on around me, no matter what's going on in the world, I just hone into the peace and the presence of God, and I feel secure. And I feel safe, and God wants that for you as well, to know that he is holding us tightly, and he is with us, and he promises to never leave us or forsake us. So seeking the kingdom, it can sound complicated, but it's really simple. All it means is to open up your heart, surrender to God, and put him first. And you might feel like during all this, like, I'm not strong enough to seek the kingdom. All this has really shaken me up. I want to tell you that you are strong enough because the spirit of God is inside of you. You can do this. We can do this together because we are supporting each other as well as a, as a body of believers. So God wants us to join him in bringing heaven to earth, the kingdom of God to earth. Because remember, in John 18, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And that means that the way to live in his kingdom is different than how the world lives. As Isaiah says, God's thoughts and ways are higher than ours. So he asks us to submit to him in this. So I want to make a distinction for us right now. The difference between how the world thinks and how people of God think uh, with a godly perspective. Obviously, with all the chaos and fear, that's a really worldly uh, way to respond. Um, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw someone saying, I think that it's the end of the world. The world's falling apart. Like that's a message of despair and hopelessness. And that's not the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is that of hope and that of perseverance and security and standing firm in Christ no matter what happens. So here's some examples of just things that, um, not necessarily related to all of this going on, but just things that we think in the world. Here's one. It's my way or the highway. That means that do what I want or get out. That is a worldly way of thinking, selfish way, or scratch my back, 
and I'll scratch yours. This means I'll only help you if you help me. That's, that's the way the world thinks. Or time is money, thinking that all our time, the only value that there is is if we can make money when there, our time and our lives are so much more than that. Or this fairly uh, modern, newer one of you do you, boo-boo. Basically, that means do whatever you want and hopefully it turns out fine. No, that is horrible advice. How about you don't do you, boo-boo, because that's not always the best thing to do. Tell people wise wisdom and truth. The camera person's laughing at me right now. Okay, so we think these things, <laughs> we live in these ways, and we need to challenge them, right? We need to think, okay, step back. You know, with this going on, with anything going on, of what does God say about this? What does Jesus say? What does his word say? Let me open it up. Let me put my phone aside, social media aside, the news. What does Jesus say? What is, what is God doing and saying in this time? Because when we look to the world, it is ever-changing and so crazy. And opinions are shifting. Like, I don't know. Is, are eggs and butter good for me today? Are they good for me yesterday, tomorrow? Like, I don't know. Maybe you should ask our senior pastor who's plant-based right now, Mike Mead. You can ask him his opinion on that. Um, but everything's always changing. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I can't hear you, but I hope there's an amen going on somewhere behind that screen. Okay? The idea of the kingdom of God, it asks us to submit our ways and our thinking to Jesus and to partner with God and be different and to take the way that we would normally live and submit it to a kingdom way of living, like an upside-down way of living. Okay, so this is kind of the concept here. So let me give you some examples of what this looks like, all right? In the kingdom of God, to be great, you must become a servant. This is found in Matthew 20. And feel free to take notes of where these are found so you can study them um, after this. But to be a servant, that is the opposite of what the world says to us. The world says that in order to get to the top, you need to step on other people. You need to push others down. And Jesus says the opposite. He says, no. In order to be great, you must be last. You must be the servant. And Jesus served people in radical ways. He washed his disciples' feet. That is huge. And he asks us to also serve other people in radical ways. Here's some examples. During this time where so many things are changing, uh, we can serve other people by watching their kids. Kids are out of school for six weeks and parents need to go to work. So find someone that needs childcare and help them out, share. I don't know what that looks like, but that is a way we can serve one another. And also we can care for those who are sick. We can bring them food, bring them what they need, um, and not isolate them and treat them as lepers. Because we want to remember that Jesus didn't run from lepers. He touched them, and he cared for them, and he treated them like anybody else. We can also share what we have. That's a way to serve. And we'll talk about generosity in a minute, but oh my goodness, I have never seen toilet paper and hand sanitizer be such a hot commodity in the stores. And if you have stockpiled some of that, you're going to get some new best friends this week. Because if you, if you share and you let other people have some, oh, you're going to be the popular one on the block. Um, but that is a way you can serve others. Call them up. Hey, do you have enough toilet paper? Because it's all out everywhere. 
Look for ways to serve others. Uh, ask God, Lord, give me spiritual eyes to see the needs that I can respond to. That's what we as a church are doing right now. We, our mission is to serve our community in North Spokane. And among all of this, we're like, okay, God, what do you want us to do? How can we serve? How can we help? Um, so let's be asking that as well. Here's another example. In the kingdom of God, to find your life, you must lose your life. This is in Matthew 16. And by lose your life, I don't mean die. I mean surrender. Surrender to God, like we talked about earlier. Surrender to him as king and lord of your life and give up control. Hold your plans loosely. For some of us, uh, we don't have a choice right now to, but to hold our plans loosely. Many of us don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week. Some people are thinking, is my job on the line? Or what do I do with my kids so I can go to work? Um, there's so much uncertainty. So I believe God is asking us right now, surrender to him. Hold tightly to him. Have a firm faith in him, and that will continue on um, through this hard season, uh, but definitely will sustain us now, okay? Let's do that. And here's another example. In the kingdom of God, to get back at your enemy, you must love them. This is found in Matthew 5 and Romans 12. We all know that God says to love your neighbors as you love yourself. But many of us ignore the fact that loving your neighbors means loving your enemies as well. Those are your neighbors. And I don't know who you consider your enemy, but this would be a great time to put differences aside and just show them love. Just as our president said the other day, from the Oval Office, he said, let's put politics aside during this time. We need to unite. And I completely agree with him because we are so much more effective when we work together instead of divided among each other. So love your enemies. Here's the next one. In the kingdom of God, to be rich Give money away. This is in Luke 6 and Luke 16. I'll read Luke 6 here. It says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. God is a generous God, and he calls us to be generous as well. With our money, with our time, with our resources. And we are the stewards of what he gives us. It's not just ours. God is um, having us be managers of it, not owners. It belongs to him. Everything belongs to him. So we can be sharing, being generous during this time. I was blown away. My life group had a group text going, and they were saying, okay, I got some extra toilet paper. I got an emergency kit. I, I can bring you guys some food. Whatever you need, I'm there. That was a huge blessing. They were just ready to share. And I hope that we're doing that for one another. Uh, people in our neighborhoods, our families, our life groups, uh, our enemies, like we talked about earlier, whoever it is, I hope we're sharing with one another. And I know that it's a challenge to share when things are in short supply. Don't get me wrong. If I have three cookies, I don't want to share them with my husband. I am much more likely to share if I have a whole box of cookies. But when there's three, Oh, it needs to be like a work of the Holy Spirit for me to give up one of those. So I understand. When things are in short supply, it's hard. 
But God calls us to be generous. And we are a generous church. And I'm so happy to be a part of this church. And we thrive in that area. So I just want to ask to continue to do that um, during this time as well. It's been amazing as well to see people just opening up their homes. As we set up our church home system uh, in the past few days, it has blown me away to see the different leaders in the church just stepping up and without hesitation of, yes, I will open my home, I'll move furniture around, I will make it happen so that we can continue to have church and move forward. They are just so generous with their houses and open for anybody to come. That was amazing to see that. So how is God calling you to be generous today, to be a servant, to show love to others, and to surrender to him? What is God saying? Because we're all in this together, and now more than ever, God is asking us to be his people, to shine our lights brightly for him in the midst of darkness and chaos. Because when we live according to the kingdom of God, these principles, when we live in this upside-down sort of way, we bring God's peace and his unity into the world. Imagine if our nation right now had complete peace. Imagine if people were sharing, people were putting their differences aside, people were opening up their homes and their lives, and they were standing firm on Christ no matter what tomorrow brings. Imagine that. Because when that's not happening, if we're not participating in the kingdom, if we're not living in this way, then we're stifling the kingdom of God, breaking in. And we're no different than anybody else. And there have been some cray-cray stories on the news this week of people stabbing each other over toilet paper, getting in fights over things in the grocery store, and it's going viral, like, I hope those weren't Christians doing that. Like, let's be the people of God during these times and happy people of peace, okay? So these are the times where God is asking us to help him usher in his kingdom, both now and after this season. Like, God needs us right now. And I know that it's, it's challenging at times, and it feels like, but God, I, I feel scared, or I feel weak, or I feel like I don't have enough. But God is asking us to surrender all of that to him, to trust that he's in control, to trust that he is faithful, and that he will never leave us or forsake us, and that he is good. Let's trust him today. Let's usher in his kingdom today because we will get through this. And let's remember that there is hope and hope's name is Jesus. So let's partner with God in this time and be the kingdom people that he is calling us to be. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you were with us. Thank you that we can press into your presence, into your goodness, and that we don't have to be afraid. God, we know that you are our provider, our protector, and our friend, and our steadfast help. Lord, we call on your name. Help us, by the strength of your Holy Spirit, be kingdom people. Be those that are shining a light into the world, those that are holding your peace so that all the world can see, that other people can see. And I pray that it's contagious to others, that they have that same peace and that same strength when they come in contact with us.
Lord, open our eyes for ways to serve one another during this time and, and beyond this time, Lord. We call on your name. We trust in you. Our hope is strong and our faith is strong in you, Father. We, we call on you, God. We know you're listening and we know that you're acting. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, thank you so much for tuning in. It has been awesome to have you with us, and we will continue to keep you updated, uh, but we will definitely be streaming live next week, so be sure to watch our updates, our website, and our Facebook so that we can all stay in the loop. We love you, we're praying for you, and we're going to continue to be the church within this time together. All right, God bless you. See you later.